The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. So, bro, Connor, it's awesome to have you on. I know it's been kind of, uh, we've been thinking about doing this for a while, so it's cool to have you on. Yeah, for sure, man. Cool. Cool to be here. Yeah. So, okay. So, you're you're kind of like a radio star because you can be frequently heard on Black and Up Dial on ESPN 1000 throughout the baseball season. So, and we'll get more into that at Black Up Dial Dynamic, but uh, how, I guess, talk about uh, how the whole uh, White Sox reports came uh, came to be. Sure. I um, would not consider myself a radio star, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've known Chris and Adam for a very long time. Um, Adam longer than Chris and uh, we have hung out quite a bit. We, and uh, as we hang out, as we're, you know, um, spending time together, my, my focus has usually been on um, the White Sox. And sometimes I feel that the Cubs are overrepresented in uh in Chicago media coverage. And so I've gone on some pretty epic rants, um, in many, (laughs) many times. Um, and so, uh, I think Chris at one point, um, suggested that like, that I could give like a, I think we called it like the white Sox like minute or something, um, when they did it on their, on their, uh, weekend show. Um, and he was like, yeah, you know, just like record like a thing where you just come on and talk about the White Sox. Um, and I, I did it as like a total joke and then, uh, you know, focus on, of course, the Cubs. Like I imagine uh, maybe the stereotypical White Sox fan would do. Right. So, um, yep. yeah, and it just kind of grew from there and they brought me to their to their weekday show too, which is very kind of them. But yeah, I have a lot of fun making it. Um, a lot of it, – it doesn't have the same feel on the – uh, like there was something about when they had that Sunday morning show, yeah, me really right. like spending the whole day watching baseball and just working myself into a lather and then just like recording this like one minute screed against the Cubs uh, on Saturday nights. That was always fun. So I'll miss doing that part of it. But like, uh, yeah, it was, a, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. Some people don't get that. It's a bit, um, in the beginning, right. which is, which is tough, <laughs> but eventually, right, right. yeah, it, it's caught on. So it's fun. Well, that's the, that's the funny thing. Cause I remember it was like, two i guess two three years ago now or whatever two years ago so i was uh at my other apartment i was about to move to where i'm at now but i was i had them on in the background i'm cleaning up my apartment all this stuff and i hear like the white Sox report i mean i hear they call it the white Sox report so i'm thinking okay legit like white Sox thing okay cool but then i hear you and i think it was like the second or third time that this was on i was like wait i finally stopped and i was like what the hell is like i'm just hearing like your typical thing and which of course now i know and i love it but at the time, I just I hadn't caught on quite yet, and I finally stopped and listened, and I was like, oh, "Okay, this is funny. I get what's going on." But um, so now, of course, I, I I'm right up on that with the, the typical Black and Abdallah things, like you said, bits and this and that. I uh, huge fan of it all, and I was gonna say, I won't lie, I kind of felt like I made it once you followed me back on Twitter one day randomly. Uh, well, yeah, congratulations on making my following. Of- <laughs> Uh, Adam and Chris fans, as well as baseball, Twitter, and 
music education Twitter, which is like the other part of my <laughs> other part of my life. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, I I think early on in the in the White Sox report, like I think I would try and actually like do some White Sox thoughts and opinions, and uh, it just didn't. It wasn't as fun as just pivoting to Cubs hatred <laughs> because I mean it is a bit, but like also it's you know Cubs hatred is like it's deep true, within my yeah. soul. Yeah, so right. I. Mm-hmm. It allows me to shine that way. Yeah, and uh, I, I remember like one of them where you were like at the Sox Angels game, I believe. The Angels had won the game. Fireworks are going off, but you were like super thrilled about something that had happened on the Cubs side. Uh, I don't know even what it was at this point. And Chris was, or Chris or Adam or both were like, he knows the White Sox just lost, right? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was out here in Los Angeles. I was at the game. So much fun. Um, yeah, that was that was great. I, I think I was walking. We were walking back to our car with, with the fireworks still going off and my fiance and I, and I'm just screaming into the phone about how much I hate the Cubs, which was like really great. I don't know if you want, you don't have to unveil the secret or anything. Is it like pure raw emotion right then one take or do you kind of have to do it a few times to get it just right? Um, you know, it usually depends. Um, I've done I've done one where I do it in one take and it's like, it, it, you know, felt great in the moment. And then other times where I have to like really, uh, work, work around, uh, what I want to say. And so it takes a, a couple of takes. Um, but usually the reason it takes me, it'll take me a few takes is because I just keep talking. And then I look down on my phone. I'm like, Oh man, this is like three minutes long. There's, <laughs> I can't play this on the show. Or, uh, I'm in like, I'm worked up in such a lather that I, I'm just adding in all these, uh, uhs and ands and and as i'm looking for words so i just have to re-record it to make it a little more succinct um but there are some like good times i don't know if you heard what was the one? Oh, i'm like blanking on it it was the it was the time when um i recorded one and then adam adam was like what if you just laughed the entire 45 seconds um because the cubs had done something incredibly terrible that day um and so i was like oh much better idea so i just re-recorded just like me laughing on the street for for a minute straight do you i was curious do you listen to a lot of their shows i mean not just black up dollar but espn 1000 in general or do you you, you've never like called in have you i called in uh once to like hood's show so back in the day Mm -hmm. when when uh when jay hood had uh weeknight shows but yeah, for the for the, definitely not since I've moved to Los Angeles, um, because like the timing doesn't doesn't line up. My the typical thing yeah, I right. I would listen. My drive to work is at seven a.m. here, so that's around the nine a.m. hour for Chicago. So I usually get to hear. Um, I listen to like Kaplan's open, um, and then I would you know text Chris because he was producing that show about yeah. my, my thoughts about uh, the, the Cubs that, that day or whatever Kaplan's take was. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I grew up when I was in, you know, high school and college, I was an avid uh, ESPN 1000 listener, yeah. loved it. And then, you know, as Chris and Adam have risen through the ranks of the radio station, you know, I listen to them and support them as much as I can. I think they're like a true, um, like, what is the right word? Like heroic story. And that might be too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too good of a, a tale, but that. like it really in the age yeah. of, uh, in the age of like, um, millennials and, uh, zoomers, like people who stay at a job for like a couple of years and then you're, you're trying to climb another ladder or you're looking for something else to do. Adam and Chris yeah. really like they put in the time at the radio station and they started, you know, at the bottom, they were doing 
I don't know if I don't know. Yeah, I think they both talked to you about this, right? That they that when they started the radio station, they both had yeah. like second jobs, and uh, you know the radio was just a passion, and they they kept at it and they kept at it, and then they started getting they they got you know basically permission to do that podcast. Um, the original best of 1000 that was not live, just, just them recording. Um, and then the pod, that podcast got put on the air and then they got a show and now they have this weeknight show. So they're really incredible for them. So I support them as much as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, uh, I, so it's funny, half my podcasts, I think have a black Abdallah tie-in just because of people I'm talking to, Adam on me and same thing. But it's funny because uh talking about those podcasts, I've I caught a few of those. The one where you guys are watching, I think actually I think we're just blacking up Dala on this one. We're watching The Simpsons or all three of you guys were watching a, I think it was a Sandlot and stuff like that. But Gustavo, uh I think you know Gustavo, he was like one of the OG listeners. Uh they he's like the number one, you know, back in the day talking about those original podcasts so he he linked some of those for me within the last year or so and i listened to some of those and um it was funny and also he said he's gustavo said hi he he wanted to know if uh if you've cleaned the trunk i don't even know what this is about but if you clean the trunk of your car and the blender is still in there uh i've actually gotten a new car since that happened but yeah yeah gustavo is uh yeah, Vega's like a he's an he's an OG. I would he's great. Yeah. I I do love that you. I think you talked about this to him on your podcast that like he's like the official source of all like yeah. Black and Abdallah lore. Like you could yeah. just tw- you tweet him and you're like, uh, what was the like what was the the picture of like Chris and Adam at the zoo or something? I don't. I'm making that up, but and he like has it in a minute. It's <laughs> it's incredible. He also has like so many good vines man fine fine was so great i think we bonded over that so yeah that was it's yeah like gustavo is awesome i've had like you said i had him on and he had a lot of cool stuff to talk about so so okay definitely this is the main one of the main things about the pod of course was the white Sox, and i'm going to give you the platform to really you know talk about your team so i so i I had jeff meller on and it's funny half the people at the station i feel like are Sox fans i've had carmen defalco jeff meller fred hubner of course black and abdallah so many guys, I feel like, are Sox fans at that station. But um, I've asked, I've been asking guys like Fred and Meller when I had them on within the last week or so. It, it feels like the White Sox are kind of a World Series or bust uh, mentality. I think the Sox even kind of put that label out there. I don't know in your mind if it's World Series or bust. Obviously, I think playoffs at least. But where do you kind of feel going into the season? Kind of your expectations. My expectations as a fan are certainly um, the central. Um, and beyond that, uh, ever, that would be, I mean, to, to get to an ALCS would be, would I think be a great achievement for the team. Yeah, it's been, I would say, typical White Sox uh, this offseason where it's like, you know, one step forward and one step backwards and, and a one step sideways too, where you're like, what are you guys, what, what's going on? So I, I'm, uh, I was reading, I was reading, you my friend Casey, you you had his had had him on, right? Yep, you know him, Bogus Law. Yeah, Casey um, Bogus Law. Yeah. He he wrote he like started a Substack last week, and I was reading it, and um, he said he was frustrated because of like just you know Reinsdorf being Reinsdorf, and it's like this team is you you think is headed in the right direction, and then Tony Larusa is, is the hire, 
And it's just, yeah. it's, it's so, I don't know. I still haven't really processed what that's going to look like for this team. And I think it's the, I think it's really like the first, the first uh, stumbling block that they have to get over. Like if he's, if he's going to be a good manager and if he's going to help those young guys and he's going to help the team and bring his wisdom and experience um, to a young team and rise, rise up, then that's great. Like that's a fantastic hire, but if he's going to be, you know, if he's not going to let the kids play and he's going to have thoughts on bat flips and if he's going to, um, you know, demand that uh, that the kids play by the unwritten rules or something and, and then there's issues, I don't know, I could see that happening too and that uh, I'm just worried about that. So um, what Casey was saying is in his substack was he's like, you know, once I see them on the field and once baseball starts, like I think I'll be able to just forget about all the other stuff and just like enjoy – this this White Sox team and enjoy like the fantastic baseball they're gonna play. But um, until we get there, I'm worried about Tony Larusa. I'm happy. I'm you know I'm obviously happy with the team. Would have loved to see them go get a right fielder. I'm concerned about what is gonna happen at DH if 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 anything is gonna happen. I don't think Andrew Vaughn's the answer for this year. So yeah, I'm like I'm I'm concerned, but I'll be happy once the team starts playing. I think that they're certainly capable of winning a world series and you know things just gotta things just gotta fall the right way for him to do that were you kind of thinking like a guy like aj hinch might be like in your mind was aj hinch kind of the manager that you thought they would hire or would you were you kind of shied away from him based on the whole astros cheating scandal or yeah i i'm not like as as uh I'm not as like smitten with AJ Hinch as as others. Um, I think he would have been. I think he would have been fine if the White Sox wanted to hire him. I just, um, but I, I, you know, I, I don't think the. Yeah, he's fine. I I think uh, certainly, certainly he should have been punished a little bit more. That my my personal opinion on the whole cheating scandal was that uh, none of those guys were punished enough, and the players really uh, dodged it by not having to, not having to play in front of fans. Cause I think that would have been like oh, a yeah. huge part of the shaming um, for them. But now they didn't have to play in front of fans and people are kind of, you know, who knows if they're, when fans are going to be allowed to see them this year. So, you know, who knows if they're really going to pay uh, a price for it. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I felt the same way. And it, it was a shame because I'm not an Astros fan, but I liked watching that team before the whole scandal broke out. I liked that team. They had so many good players. They seemed fun. It was cool for me seeing Verlander, uh, I liked, Ver, you know, being a Verlander fan, I thought it was cool for him to finally win. So it was a shame, of course, when that whole thing came out. And I was actually at an Astros game the year, like right before that whole scandal back in April of 19 against the Indians. So, you know, was, I was like, wow, I never, it's crazy because I never, obviously with the crowd around me, I never would have heard the drums and all that stuff, but that was happening, I'm sure. So it was just crazy to think, but I'm right there with you. I thought the, the punishment could have been a lot harsher and now it's like a year later like you said we don't even know but i mean we assume it's going to be a full 162 but there's the whole spring training it's just like who knows so does that kind of worry you as a, like for your socks I, I think last year they had a you know they had a good season they made the playoffs but with the uncertainty of even the season spring training that, that type of stuff uh is it kind of like typical like I was thinking about you last year i was like man right when the socks are getting good then they have this crazy wrinkle of you know, the 2020 season. So it's kind of like figures, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's, it's, of course it, it has to happen to the White Sox. I'm sure they'll right. have another great season. And, you know, 
Of course, what do I think immediately? Like, yeah, the White Sox are good. And now, oh, the Cubs are going to get this chance to like do their like mini tank. They're going to trade away. They're going to lose a bunch right. of salary. They're going to dump it, but it's not going to matter because nobody's watching. And then all of a sudden the fans are going to come back and the Cubs are going to be back. They're going to reload. Somehow this like, you know, they didn't get one good prospect from the U Darvis trade, right? Right. You know, the, the right. Padres famously didn't have to give up like any of their top 10 prospects um for that but somehow i'm sure like one of these whatever i'm sure one of the prospects is going to be amazing and you know jed's going to be lauded as a hero (sighs) right as fans come back right and the cubs will be like oh yeah no we 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 planned it the whole time you know we knew fans weren't coming so we (laughs) knew that they were going to cancel the season or some garbage like that exactly exactly you got it that's perfect that 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 was like pure great. I didn't even like. I knew like that wasn't planned. That was like pure great raw emotion. That was that was great. You're you're probably right though, right? But who knows? I mean, the Darvish thing was ridiculous. I, I kind of thought a trade could make sense, but not for who they ended up getting back. And I don't know anything about the prospects. Nothing against them in general. Any prospects a crapshoot. But I was like, yeah, that's not exactly what people would have assumed if you're going to make that trade. So you're right. It would probably be. How do you feel about the the Peterson for for Schwarber? Essentially, I mean, they essentially made that trade, right? For a couple yeah. million bucks, they saved. You got rid of fan favorite hero framing his home run balls uh, for Jack Peterson. How do you feel about? Yeah, that? I, it's funny because I didn't. Exp- uh, it's like I we got used to the fact that they're probably not going to sign anybody. So then they go and actually sign a guy, and it's like, okay, maybe Jock can be okay. Like you said, he's kind of like it's all. It almost sounds like you know if he's platooned and in the right situation he could be productive but you know it's like yeah they saved a few million bucks for what feels like essentially the same player so i guess that works out in their favor but um i think a lot of people were really and it's like i know john lester doesn't quite have i mean he's not what he was obviously i think he's a nice addition for the nationals as a fifth starter or whatever and you know, you never know. You might dial up a huge postseason start or something like that. And I think it's a good for a veteran to be able to go off, potentially go off for the winner. But it's like people were like, what are you doing? He's literally saying he'll come back for nothing. And the Cubs ownership ownership is like, yep, yeah, sorry. Not until it got too advanced stages with the Nats where they were like, oh, okay, never mind. And then they're like, nope, too late. So, but yeah, as far as Jock. I think it could be interesting. I know in 2019 he had a good. I, th- I don't know if you saw a ton of him. He was out in LA, of course. I mean, yeah. you saw some good. Yeah, uh, he, he had a good year in 19. It looked like so. Yeah, what's interesting about him is that he, um, the Dodgers, just they were so um, stringent with their platooning that, like, I I'm not even sure he saw a left-handed pitcher the entire season. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if the Cubs use him in the same in the same way, or if they let him try and face uh, face some lefties. Yeah, I see you snuck that. Uh, yeah, that bit in about about uh, about your pitcher there, who fan favorite, but again, someone they let go. But uh, you know, also the the yeah, sorry, not to go on Cubs rants, but like you know, oh Rizzo is untouchable. Oh, no, you're good, you're Rizzo's good. Rizzo's untouchable, right? Because like he's the leader in the clubhouse, and uh, you know, fan favorite. But like the other fan favorites, oh no, they're they're fine. They're yeah. they're good to go. Right? Yeah, that's it's it's funny. It's kind of funny how. I don't know. I know as a Sox fan and, and as a Cubs hater, you're you're having fun with it, and I appreciate I appreciate your raw fandom. Like I don't it doesn't bother me at all. I think I mean I know I know I I joke a lot on Twitter. So when I when I see your tweets, I always feel the reaction. I want to say something, but I'm like I'm not trying to be like I'm not like stalking your tweets. I'm just on Twitter too much as it is. So I see tweets and I'm like oh, I gotta comment, but I I have fun with it. I know you do too. So mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. Yeah, I think you kind of said it that the side you're. I think you're happy with the team overall, and you're you know you're like you said at least ALCS type 
expectations, but were you kind of hoping or are you kind of hoping that they still land a guy like Trevor Bauer to kind of even make that rotation a little bit more fierce? Or do you feel like he, I mean, I think he'd be a fit, but what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, yes, I'm sure I'd love for the White Sox to go and get Trevor Bauer. That would be great. Um, I'm a little more, you know. Can't hurt. Yeah, right. You can't hurt. I, I'm a little more realistic with who the White Sox are. Um, and that's yeah. just, that's, you know, that's just who they're, they're not going to go above and beyond in their spending, um, like too much outside of what they, what their budget is, um, which is frustrating as a fan, but it's also kind of like they, you know, they, they, this is who they are. Um, yeah. and it seems like, you know, uh, they, they're of the belief that like, that like, you know, as long as you get in the playoffs, you got a good team. Um, you know, things can roll, things can go your way and you can, you can go, you can go far like that 2005 White Sox team. That was a team that, you know, they got in and then they had an incredible run and it was, it was so much fun to watch. But, uh, you know, before the season, did you think that they were, they were going to go 11 to one the playoffs? Like, no way they were, they were definitely going to face some, face some adversity, but. I think that that seems to be the ownership's, uh, you know, strategy of like, you know, we don't need to be the Yankees. We don't need to be the Dodgers and spend billions of dollars um, to max out every position. And it's frustrating, but, you know, that, that's who they are. So I just enjoy watching them for that. Hopefully they can they can make their make their money uh, work. Hopefully all the all the stuff that, that we as fans think they need to upgrade is going to work out enough for them. Like Mazzara last year was. Uh, a huge, a huge swing and a miss, but maybe Eaton will give yeah. them, will, will be the replacement that they need. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned the O five white Sox because when I was talking to Jeff Meller just the other day, he, he randomly brought them up too. And he was saying the same thing. He was like, you know, before the season, it was kind of like, I mean, I know I remember thinking back, I think this was like right after they got, you know, they let Ordonia's go and whoever. And I think they traded Carlos Lee for Scott Podsednik. And it was like, who would have thought the Sox were going to do. And then of course, wire to wire, I know they they struggled a bit in September, and then they were like eleven to one in the postseason. Like you said, they had like four shut out, uh, four complete games in the ALCS. It was insane. It was one of the best r- playoff runs I've seen. Yeah, they, fl- they flipped Louisa for uh, uh, for Contreras too. Was that the season before though? I think it was the season before. Even that was like a you know when they did it, you're like wow, getting rid of Esteban Louisa who had who had yeah. done so well for them for you know Contreras who was good, but like just yeah a savvy move man uh, esteban loiza isn't he like a drug lord in jail now oh that's right yeah <laughs> oh man i just when i think of loiza that's what i think of i remember like i think he won the cy young he had a great or he had a really good couple of years for sure as a pitcher and then i remembered the whole like jail uh yeah that was insane yeah that whole thing so he was second in cy young in 2003. Okay, okay. I couldn't remember if he won the side. I knew he was. I knew he had like I want to say a 20 win season, and maybe that was the year I'm thinking of. But yeah, I know he had a good couple of years, and he went to the Yankees, and pretty sure that didn't that didn't work out for them. But uh, with the upcoming season, like so many stars, the lineup is lethal. Like Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu. I feel like there's so many MVP potential candidates. So thinking about the upcoming baseball season, let's say we have a full 162, or maybe it doesn't even matter. I guess who are you looking at as the MVP of that White Sox team and even potentially the base of the league? You know, if it's like a Tim Anderson, he could have a huge year like you did last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I agree with what all the, you know, the White Sox writers and stuff say. I don't have any like incredible new takes. It would be, I mean, if Luis Robert had another fantastic year, 
that would be <laughs> that would be uh, unbelievable. I am um, I'm like excited. Hopefully, um, for what uh, for what uh, Mankata can bring back. You know, he he looked oh, yeah. to- he was totally changed after he had um, COVID, and so I'm hoping that like the time off. I, I I'm not as like plugged in as as you know the writers and people on on Twitter are, so I don't like know what his his off season has looked like if he's feeling better. Um, but like just hearing the the way he was describing how it was to play after having COVID, where he just felt like he would lose his energy so quickly um so if he comes back and he's great i don't you know i don't know if he's like mvp i mean yeah probably who you said right tim anderson Luce robert would be fantastic would love to see a you know a Cy Young year out of giolito that would be great oh man how do you how do you feel about eloy i mean great bat we know he's not a great outf- uh, a great outfielder and i love the louise but he's still Luis robert i remember the Luis robert play probably multiple plays at least a couple where he comes in takes the ball and Eloy just standing there like okay fine like take my ball yeah that's great I love I love the interplay it's fantastic it gives you a little bit uh of uh oh man who's the who are the the shortstop and the third baseman on the Rangers you're not talking Adrian Beltre are you yeah I'm talking Beltre and uh and Elvis Andrews right because they you know what I'm oh, talking yeah, about yeah, where yeah. like uh Beltre didn't like having his head touched and and Elvis Andrews would try it and uh, mess with them all the time. So, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. When the Cubs let Schwarber go, were you kind of one of those that were thinking the Sox would be funny, funny but also logical for the Sox to get a guy like Schwarber, or were you thinking I don't want that guy? I no, I thought he would have been a, a good fit for for the Sox. Yeah, um, I mean, Especially obviously DH, fun yeah. to come from the Cubs. Like anybody we can get from the Cubs right. and you know shove in their face, like that would be a dream come true. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's he's on the and he he went to the Nationals too, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. So that's that's great too. I love the I love the Nationals Cubs rivalry. Yeah. That, that that's 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 pretty good. That's like I'll take that as a good second place of him going to the Nats. Yeah, it's you know it's funny cuz you know I'm in Virginia so the Nats are like my quote unquote home team. And so I've gone to a few Cubs Nats games and actually the last game I was at, I think any game of course, pre-pandemic was Cubs at the Nats. It was the John John Lester was on the hill for the Cubs. They lost the game, uh, and I, I, that was the first game. I mean, I haven't seen a ton of Cubs games. I've been there regularly once, and I've been to more Cubs at Nats games. But uh, that was the first time I seen the Cubs lose a game. But it was the game that uh, Sean Doolittle was on the mound for the Nats, and Madden protested that game because of the whatever delivery that Doolittle had. And I know Carl Edwards had his own similar thing, which is why Madden was all pissed off about it. But I was at that game. And so it is funny seeing guys like Lester and Schwarber and, you know, all these guys kind of on the, on the Nats, Davey Martinez and even Starlin Castro from back in the day. So if we're able to go to games again, I don't know if Lester's going to be, be on the Nats beyond this season. And I probably won't get to a game this year, but maybe next year if he's there, um, it'd be kind of funny to see that, see those two play and, what feels like half i mean it's not a ton but a few people on the on the nats now over from the cubs yeah well and davy too right he's the he's the big connection there yeah. i imagine that that's bringing right, all those guys right, over yeah. so that's uh yeah that's cool i um i listened to i don't know do you know the uh do you know i mean you probably know the name tony kornheiser you know yeah. Yeah. so i listen to his podcast um every day i would listen to his radio show and then now i listen to his podcast so he talks about the nats and the and the dc area all the time so I, I have a lot of uh, Nats knowledge and and uh, it's it's it was a fun year for them when they when they won. Yeah, yeah, you know it's funny because I I uh, I used to hate on the Nats just because I have nothing really against them. But ever since they won, 
I give them their, I mean, I, I of course give them their respect. And it's funny looking back, they, they beat the Astros while they were cheating in their own park. That's even better. It's like, not only did they win the World Series, they beat the team that was cheating at their own place. The last game seven. So I, I was shocked. I mean, that team was stacked. And last year, I think really, I know every team dealt with the pandemic and all that, but I mean, I just feel like the Nats are way better than they showed last year. They got off to the, almost the same bad start last year as they did in the World Series winning year. So I feel like they'll be good this year. Um, we'll see how it shakes out. But Yeah, I think they have a bit of a World Series um, hangover last year. Yeah, 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 that too. When the Cubs, you know, when they let go of Schwarber, it was a little bit of a surprise for me. But I think the biggest thing that surprised, I think shook everybody the most was, of course, Len Casper going to the White Sox. How did, I, I'm sure you love that, right? Going from the Cubs over to the White Sox. I remember um, ESPN 1000 kind of teased it. They were like, huge announcement. And I'm like, okay, I've heard this before. It's whatever. I mean, I was I was intrigued, but I was like, okay, and and they were building it up perfectly because I had the exact reaction that they all said that we would have, where, where it was just like jaw dropping, like wow. So when that that story broke, literally like midnight, I think here on the East Coast, I'm like, wait, what? Like Len Casper left? Like what the hell? Like that had a. Sh- I'm sure that you were surprised. Yes, yeah, surprised and shocked. <laughs> when stuff like that happens, yeah, you just have to think like, what is the I, what is the real story for that? Like he. Man, right. what, what must have happened in the Cubs exactly. organization for him to make that move? But like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm thrilled. He's a fantastic, fantastic voice, fantastic announcer. I have no, I don't care that yeah. he called for the Cubs. I think he's going to bring a lot to the White Sox booth and to the organization as a whole. Like, seems like a really nice guy. So excited for that. Yeah, I agree. And I know a lot of people are go would go like, why would you leave a TV job for? Ra-? But I, I, I really appreciate it. Like you said, there might be more to it, but all that. But it sounds like, at least on the surface, and maybe this is legitimately the case, it sounds like he just really loves radio that much. And I really respect that. I think it's really cool. I think it's pretty underrated because uh, everybody thinks about TV. And But he's, you know, following his passion, so that's cool. But, um, you know, it, it's, you know, it'd be fun. I think, uh, you know, Jason Benetti's cool. I like Steve Stone. Um, they might have the best TV radio combo now in baseball. And, you know, it's cool. So I think, and, and good for Len. He's going to legitimately see a good, another good Chicago baseball team before his, you know, before his eyes every night. So good for him. Yeah. I think, yeah. Two thumbs up for, for, for Len. I'm sure this was a white Sox report moment, but I think it was cool that both teams had a no hitter, Lucas Giolito. And of course, Alec Mills in the same season, I'm sure that ate you up, but, uh, but, but watching that, uh, watching that, uh, Giolito no hitter, that was cool. And it's, I think it sucks that there were no fans, but it's also kind of sticks out for Giolito. It's like, I threw a no-hitter in 2020. Crazy year. You know, it just kind of adds to the story a little bit. Yeah, I um, definitely a, a White Sox report moment because, of course, the Cubs had to throw one as well in the court. And, <laughs> you know, of course, it had to be a stat that both Chicago teams <laughs> threw. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's great for Giolito. I think um, hopefully it'll be a once. I, I, yeah, I, who knows if, if in 2021 they're going to be playing without fans. But um, hopefully it'll be a, like a the one season um, kind of like reminder of what we went through <laughs> as a nation in 2020 um, and a like bright spot in that moment in that moment yeah definitely now talking about gustavo again um i think i think there was a tweet or video or something that he shared 
or retweeted, I guess. From I think because when the Cubs were winning the World Series, weren't you with like Adam and Chris or something like in the middle of this the whole party scene in Chicago? Or maybe I'm thinking about something else. I have no idea. Yeah, Chris and I, Chris and I went to Wrigleyville after the um, after they won the World Series. Yeah. So you guys were you guys just out in the pand- pandemonium with everybody else, or I was watching it with my with Tim, my uh, my roommate, and his brother in the South Loop, and Chris, I think. Yeah, texted me and he was like, "Do you want to go and check and check out what Wrigleyville is going to be like?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. I, I, let's 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 see what it's like." Um, so yeah, we just kind of we took the we took the L up there and um, just kind of yeah walked around, get, tried to get the feel for what people were doing. Um, Chris, I think that night, Chris called in um, because I think I think Jay Hood was was on the was on the air, so Chris called in and gave like a live report of um of kind of the scene and what was going on um but yeah i think (laughs) gustavo uh retweeted i think of a vine that i had made because i was trying to like show people going crazy all around me and somebody set off a firework and i uh flinched (laughs) and like thought that i was you know going down and so, yeah, there's the, yeah, he retweeted that video of me, like with, I'm like showing everybody. And then I immediately like duck down as there's a firework. I, yeah, I, I remembered something about that night and I just remember like, oh, what's, what is bro Connor doing out there? But yeah, so that, that's what it was. Uh, so was it hell for you watching that world series? Not because of the Cubs necessarily, but also the Indians. I mean, they're a Sox division rival. So were you rooting for Cleveland or were you, were you just rooting for a comment to just strike or what was up? Yeah, yeah, a comet to strike. I yeah. when the initial I, man, you're gonna make me re- relive game seven. Thank you for this. When the initial um, rain delay started, I was like, "Well, this is kind of the best of both worlds. Maybe it'll just keep raining, and like the game will just never end, and you know they'll have to just call the World Series. Yeah. No winners." Uh, yeah, no, it was it was tough, um, but it was yeah. I, I quickly got over my my. Indians hatred to root against the Cubs. I was like all in on the Indians. Well, there you go. That that's funny actually because one of my writing, I, I write for uh, the hockey team in Columbus, their SB Nation page, and our site manager just cannot stand the Cubs, hates them. I think mainly because of that World Series. So of course, being an Indians fan, he hates when I bring up the Cubs. So I try not to. So you guys have that in common. But before we go, uh, did you have any other? thoughts that you wanted to add about the socks that we may not have gotten to or just in anything in general honestly this is your platform um wow my platform <laughs> no i wish i i wish like i was i wish i could play if if uh yeah tim and i went on i don't know if adam and chris have told you about this but i went on a i saw i went on a road trip um with my buddy tim and we went to every baseball stadium in 30 days unfortunately like neither of us have kept up the website or the twitter account but um i'm sure people can go and check out the the trip that was a lot of fun to see all the baseball stadiums i would recommend i mean once we're allowed to go back into baseball stadiums i would recommend anybody um go go on like baseball road trips they're so much fun and baseball stadiums are so incredibly cool because they're so different they're so unique Mm -hmm. to each area and um when you go to like the east coast ballparks um it's just so different from when you're out here in the west coast um baseball is like so unique every place you go so i just uh i don't know i'm i'm guess advocating for everybody to just like go see baseball games in as many stadiums yeah. as you can because it's uh it's like not you know it's not basketball it's not football it's not even really 
you know, like soccer where you kind of go in and everything's the same. And, you know, maybe there's like a food specialty um, that's in that area, but like the baseball, the ballpark has its own, you know, feeling and uh, atmosphere that like adds to the whole experience, no matter where you are. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I remember uh, Gustavo did mention that you had that. And I think he tweeted something about that. So um, I'll have to go back and find that tweet now, but I, I do remember him talking about that. So that's cool. So you said it was 30 games in 30 days, right? Yeah, we started in Seattle and we saw a game every single day. We drove to we drove to every wow. ballpark. That's yeah, that's you drove to you said you drove to every park. Wow, uh-huh. I guess I guess well, I was gonna say that's that's incredible because I was like assuming you probably flew at some point, but I guess that's a lot of driving, of course. But I guess I could see how that could work. I mean, you're you're you know uh, geographical towards that specific location and just hitting every park down the coast and across the country and whatnot so that's really cool so what year was that that was in 2015 okay. when we both so turned 30 we did our 30 ballparks in 30 days for our 30th birthday oh nice 30 and 30 that's, that's pretty cool yeah we haven't seen the uh the new one in atlanta although i have gone to see it since 2015 and then what's the other new one texas well that was last year so. oh yeah no i haven't seen that one obviously yeah so as, as, as much as I know that you hate the Cubs, is there a player on the team that you kind of respect or you would wish that the Sox had? You know, one of those like, hate him, but he was on my team. I love him type of a thing. Great question. Black it up, dollar. Great. Good question. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's a good question for you. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, yeah, it's probably the man. It's tough. The answer is probably Baez, right? Because like he's the he's just. He's so easy to dislike as a, as an opponent, but like I'm sure if he was on the team, I'd love it. I don't think, yeah, yeah, it's probably it's it's probably biased. Like I respect that he, you know, he he yeah. works hard and he is like he's giving it his all all the time. Probably him. Maybe Hendrix. I don't know. Hendrix is actually uh, he's like yes. so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I obviously dislike the way that every broadcast, you know, has to bring up the exact same things about him and that he went yeah. to, you know, he went to an Ivy League and he shows no emotion. And so we have to watch him every time after he's walking off the mound, to, like yeah. just give him a regular face. But he's also really talented. So I, I can respect that. There you go. It's like, you know, Maddox in that way, right? Where he throws the like 88 mile an hour, like two seamer. And you're just like screaming at the television, like stop swinging at it to the Brewers. But they never do. And he, you know, throws like three hit shutouts. Exactly. Yeah, this was this was great getting your White Sox perspective. But also I didn't even plan it. But just some of like the Cubs, whatever, like when you're going into like White Sox report mode, that was great. Yeah, it just it comes out of me as <laughs> as my friends will tell you, I like try and be an objective. And then like you just got to the Cubs hatred is just it's there. It's there. It's real. Oh, man, that's part of the, the charm of that 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 White Sox report is like you start going off, but Black and Abdallah in the background are like, what is he? He's like, that had nothing to do with the White Sox. <laughs> oh, oh, before I let you go, I just remembered I had I've also had Eric Ostrowski um, on Tyler Rocky, their, their producers, but mm-hmm. I was talking to Eric one time. And uh, at that point, I had known this. I actually thought you sang your own intro. For some reason, I thought that was you. And then, t- uh, I don't know if you know Nick Palazzo on Twitter. Shout out, Nick. But he's another Hive, Black and Abdallah guy. But he was like, one time, he was like, yeah, that was Eric, duh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is Eric doing that song. I never even realized. And while I was talking to Eric, I was like, yeah, I, I figured out that was you. 
but yeah, I, I thought for some reason you saying your own White Sox report intro somehow, and then it came out that it was Eric. I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah, that was. Uh, I remember when they when they debuted that. Uh, it was incredible, Eric. Like, and didn't he? He he it said was. he like did it on the on the first try, right? He just like nailed that note. And yes. they were like they were like, keep it. We're we're doing it. Let's go go go, White Sox. Bro Connor's proud of you. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny. I love what I like about uh, these podcasts and talking with people like Eric and their producers like they're not necessarily on the air but you'll hear them in the background but they're so talented and other stuff that they're doing and then i find out like yeah eric does these these the songs like the five up five down for their other segment for uh, the nfl and just like all these other things that's like man this is cool this is what i like it's like i like doing podcasts for fun but i've gotten into the editing and the behind the scenes stuff so it's been cool to talk and find out all these tidbits the the audio stuff uh, is really um great that sometimes they're able to produce and come up with and even like yeah. i also think there's a, there's a there's a part of like being i assume being a radio producer where it's like you're sitting listening to people you know um have calls for like a whole hour or something or you're screening yeah. calls and so um you know it can it can be kind of monotonous so the the amount of effort that they'll put into like creating a what's the you know like a uh a background music it's that's not what it's called it's called like yeah. a, a basement or something i don't know whatever but but you'll you know it's like they'll see yeah, how yeah i spent you know five hours trying to like find the perfect song to put um like underneath uh you know uh, carmen when he's talking about goodfellas or something and so that that's always like interesting to me kind of uh the the cool things that go on behind the scenes yeah yeah, I've definitely gotten to appreciate that. And like talking with Adam Amin, he gave me a lot of great insight in terms of like when he's talking with players and teams before games and broadcasts and the stuff that they're thinking, or at least uh, what he's thinking about. Like, I don't want to waste their time. I have, I want to look good, but I want them to look good too, basically. It's not like, you know, you watch interviews on TV all the time, and I don't know if the average person thinks too much about it. But there's, I mean, of course, there's tons of preparation that go into it. And so I love finding out the, kind of the secret to at least what he's thinking and what he's trying to do. So it's really cool to get that insight. Yeah. I heard him on a, on a podcast. Um, what was he? I think it was on the Ryan Rosillo podcast. It was interesting to hear him talk about his preparation for like bulls home games right. for like local games versus his preparation when he is doing like a national football game. And like, you know, you have the same in theory amount of time to prepare, but like what he focuses on, um, depending on like, you know, knowing who his audience is and what they need to hear, like what knowledge base they come in with. And so then you don't have to spend as much time, you know, preparing that because they know who the big stars are. Well, let me introduce you to, you know, these, these larger concepts, ideas, if you're talking about the national broadcast or for like the local bulls audience, you know, like, okay, let me, let me introduce you to the away team and like their two to three, you know, stories for this year. Bro Connor, this was great. Awesome to finally get to talk with you. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Thanks, man. I'm glad I could, I'm glad I could bring my persona to your, to your podcast. Def, oh, it was, it delivered. It was like even better than I could have uh, even imagined. Yeah, I've, uh, I think you're getting like really good at interviewing people. I've, I've tried to listen um, to a couple of podcasts. Well, I definitely listened to when you interviewed like Adam and Chris and, and Casey. Yeah. Then, yeah. you know, as it pops up, I'll like listen to some of it or all of it and, it seems like yeah. you're you're like getting really comfortable um, talking to anyone. Like the way that you were talking to um, 
who was the the she like works with Trevor Bauer or whatever. Oh yeah, Jessica Kleinschmidt. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. you seemed really comfortable and like natural talking to her. I don't know. You just anyway, it's it's that's, it sounds good. That's man. that's super cool. You say that because well, first off. My podcasts have definitely gotten better in terms of audio quality because I figured out what I'm kind of doing at this point. So from like the very beginning, it was like night and day. So there's that element. But I really appreciate what you said, though, because like with Jessica, like I was it's funny. So before Adam, I had I don't typically get nervous anymore. Like talking with you was I was not nervous at all. I was super chill. Um, but I, I was super, not super nervous, but I was nervous going into the one with Adam. I knew Amin was super chill and cool, like on TV, like I knew it'd be just like that. And that's exactly how it was. But I had like a nervous energy right beforehand because it's been so hard. He's been so busy. So it's been so hard to get him. So I was like, man, I don't want to waste his time. I want to get, I don't, I want to be, and it was exactly the way I thought it would be. And I even told him this in the pod. So it's funny, but, uh, I got nervous though when it was like five ten. He was like ten minutes a little bit late getting on, which is totally cool. But I was like, oh god, but maybe he forgot, and it's gonna take even more time before I get him back. But then he was like hopping on now, man. I'm like, okay, cool, no worries. But as soon as we started, it was super chill. But it was funny because he even told me like he was like, uh, I asked him like, do you get nervous talking to players before games? Not not nervous, but you know. And he was like, I don't get nervous like meeting them or anything. It's just I don't want to waste their time. I want to have good questions. And I was like, yeah, I relate. That's how I was. That's how I am with you right now. Like, I was like, I don't want to waste your time either. So he was super cool. But yeah, and with Jessica, I was a little, I don't know why. I was a little nervous talking before, like, before we started also. I kind of felt jittery at first. So that's really cool that you said that I sounded natural because that was the hope. And I think as I went, I definitely did sound, I got comfortable. But for some reason, I, because I don't know her as well. Like, I know who she was and everything. But I was like, same thing. I was like, she's a big deal, like, on TV out on baseball on the West Coast and social media. And it's like, I don't want to waste her time either. So cool that you said that it was, it sounded natural. Yeah. It's so interesting when, when we were on the, um, when Tim and I went on our, on our trip, we wound up meeting and talking with a bunch of like reporters or podcasters or people who kind of talk for a living. And, um, it is so interesting because like when you, you know, you go into the conversation like nervous and like, how, how can I, like, am I going to ask the right questions? And, um, we were nervous, but then you realize, (laughs) you kind of realize like, you know, it's their job to talk. And so they're really good at talking and they're really good at actually carrying the conversation. So it's like, all you got to do is just like get them going. And then they are in a conversation. You're like, Oh, this is great. Like I didn't really even need to like, (laughs) you know, work that hard for this. Like I just, I just got to get the ball rolling and like they can keep it. They can keep it going. Well, I don't want to take up the rest of your day. So I'm, uh, it was awesome to have you on. Can't wait to uh, get this up. For sure, man. Thanks for asking me uh, to be on the show and asking my White Sox thoughts. Have a good rest of the night, and uh, I'll uh, catch you on Twitter. Sounds good, man. You too. Three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff.